Aloha, I am Geraldine St. Joseph. Thank you for joining me on Mystery, Mystics, and Metaphysics. Today we are discussing the self, searching for the self. When we discuss the self, what we're talking about is your true core being. At your deepest core, who are you? Who were you meant to be? As children, we believe that we come in perfect, or at least some people do. We often say this, so that children come in perfect, fully formed, and then life chips away at them. What exactly are we talking about when we're talking about this? Well, when we come in as children, oftentimes we will have the essence that we're supposed to carry through our lives. Now, this is from my own observation and from my own belief system. So whatever pieces of this that you don't agree with, that's fine. You can leave them and keep going. I believe that we have an idea of what we're coming here to do when we're born. And that as babies and young children, that we have many gifts that we eventually lose. How do we lose these gifts? Well, society interferes with our being. The way it interferes is by questioning our observations, not listening to what we're saying, and not taking it seriously because we're babies, we're kids. Oh, that's just a story. That's your imaginary friend. There's no such thing as ghosts. Santa Claus is real. All these things are like gaslighting these kids. That's the way I look at it. So as we get older, we begin not to trust ourselves. We begin not to trust our inner knowing or intuition. We begin to become and be molded by whatever it is that we're expected to be. So if you're expected to be the good kid, because maybe you're the oldest and you're supposed to be so responsible and do all kinds of things, you're going to do one of two things. You're going to either fall into that role or you're going to like go into the opposite of that. Generally, when we're little, little, we will fall into the role. And then as teenagers, we'll go for the opposite. Not everybody does this, but it's fairly common. So as we fall into these roles, things like children should be seen and not heard are things that we carry with us through to adulthood. Because when are we not children anymore? We're always our parents' children. We're always our elders' children. At what point do we take over as the elders, as the adults? There is a saying that you can't truly come into your own until neither of your parents is in your life anymore or until they die. Because as long as you have parents, you will remain the child, even if you have children yourself. As these pieces of us get tamped down or thrown away, they become what's known as our shadow. Many of us know or have heard of doing inner child work. I think we even talked about it on here once or twice. Inner child work wouldn't need to be done if our child was allowed to grow and flourish and become the adult. The inner child is the part of you that you were in your fullness. Your inner child takes on those hurts and takes on the shaping and 
they get stuck where they are because they're not allowed to grow. They're not allowed to come into their own because we are put through like this really small hole that shapes us into something different. Then as adults, we look around when we're older and we say, huh, when I was a kid, I think I remember wanting to be blank, an astronaut, a dog trainer, uh, a bus driver, whatever it was. And now instead I am working at a retail location because I need to pay my bills. And all these things that I had that were gifts that I wanted to use, I no longer use. I actually don't even acknowledge that I have them. So many of us were budding artists. And even if your art was never going to be to the point where it can be sold, it is a way that your soul communicates with you and the way that your soul communicates with the outside world. So when we put aside all of our crafty things, our crayons, our pens and pencils or paints, and we move forward, leaving our creative selves behind, that's a huge blow. That is a huge blow to our sense of self and our harmony. We come to a point when we're adults where we look around and we're like, I don't even feel like me. And so many of us, especially if you're a caregiver type, that when you get to a certain point and people ask you, well, what do you want? What do you want in your life? You don't even know. You don't even know because it's been so long since anybody asked you that. And not just that, anytime you were asked, it was refused. So what is the point? It's easier to go through life not having a focus, not having something that you want because you're not going to get it anyway. Well, I am here to tell you that is not the truth. You can get it. You can be who you're meant to be. You do not have to fit into these narrow little sleeves that people want to put you into, these little boxes. You can have more than one box. We need to see ourselves fully first before we can really express to the outside world. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about searching for the self. There are different types of self. You have self with a small s and self with a large s. So the self that is your core, that is your, your inner being, that is the all that you can be, and that is connected to the all that is or connected to God, that's a large S. That's like your, your higher self. That is the part of you that sees all of you and acknowledges all of you and lets you know that it's okay to be who you are. The small S is the self that is housed in this flesh suit and that works with people day to day and generally is carved into a certain sculpture by the environment. When things happen that are tragic or major or highly stressful, that's when people's true selves really start to be shown and when they come out. When there's an emergency, where do you go? Do you turn to somebody else for the answers? Do you go within for the answers? Do you pray to God for the answers? Do you look to your dad, the man in your life? Do you look to your mom? 
when these things happen, the way we react, do you, you know, toss people away? Do you get angry? Or are you helpful? Are you looking some way for some way to make this situation work for everybody? Or at least work for the majority? Or are you looking for only a way for it to work for you, regardless of what happens to everybody else? These are big questions and things come up over time. What is your true nature? Who are you really? One thing to remember is that when we react out of anger quickly, that shows a very high sensitivity. And it also lets you know that there's a lot of hurt under there. Because people who are perpetually angry feel like they have to defend themselves all the time. And when you're constantly defending yourself, that is makes you very weary. It makes you emotionally drained and mentally drained. And it is the first line of defense when you get hurt. Think about an animal that's been wounded and they're being chased. What will they do if they're caught? They attack. That's the same thing as if you're wounded, you attack. Now, as we grow and as we come into more understanding of the people around us and the way the world works, some of us will recognize that that is not the best way to do things. Some of us will recognize that you need to ask for help when you need it. What does this have to do with the self? Well, if we're putting layers of stuff on top of ourselves, baggage to cover ourselves and to protect ourselves, how do we get down in there to figure out what our core is and, and who we are? at that space. There are some things that you can do that are fairly simple and then other things that are more sometimes grueling, but it's okay. It's worth the hassle. It's worth the pain. It's worth the time in order to really dig down deep and figure out who you want to be and who you were meant to be and how are you gonna get there? I heard a great quote, and I'm trying to remember who said it. And it was that as long as you have a why, you will figure out the how. As long as you have a why, you will figure out the how. So the why is more important, that's the core. Why do you do things? Why are you doing this? And you need to really dig down into the the deepest part of the why. You, you got to go through all the whys. Why are you reacting that way? I'm angry. Why are you angry? Well, because thus and so happened. He hurt me. In what way did he hurt you? Well, he was talking down to me. He might have been, he might not have been. Might have been your perception. Why do you think he's talking down to you? Well, because of his attitude and he does this and that. No, what is he doing that you think that he's talking down to you? Well, because he's more educated than me or he makes more money than me, he must be talking down to me. Okay, so what is the real issue here? Well, I don't make as much money as him because, and then the excuse comes. But he has no right to judge me because, and there go the excuses. One of my favorite quotes is, excuses are the nails that build houses of failure. As long as you hide behind your, your excuses and you you come up with more and more and more. And this is a regular 
technique. I mean, it is something that we do to preserve ourselves, to protect ourselves as we come up with a million excuses. But you have to get rid of the excuses and look underneath them. So what is the real problem? The real problem is that you have a problem with money, both physically and emotionally, and that you envy this person because they have more money than you. So you automatically put them on a different level than you. Asking the questions until you're out of questions, until you're at the core is a good way to start. Another way to find your core is to go back to your childhood and try to remember who that was. And what really helps, if you have any, um, any way to do this, some people move around too much, some people are not around the same people that they were as kids. Facebook is great for this. You go to the people that knew you as a kid and say, how would you have described me when we were in grade school? What did I seem like? What kind of a person was I? Because what happens often, and I'm going to tell from a woman's perspective, similar things happen to men, but I'm not going to um, assume that I know exactly when these things happen to them. But I know for women, for girls, once they start noticing boys is when their light starts to dim. I know myself, I was told not to, you know, you, you shouldn't act so intelligent. You'll never find anybody to love you. What? What? No, don't tell that to a child, any child, little girl or little boy. If they're intelligent, let them be intelligent. Now, if they're being rude, that's different. Or if they're being snotty to people and talking down to them, that's different. So you teach them compassion, but you don't tell them not to be who they are in order to serve someone else's limitations. And unfortunately, that is what happens, is we dummy down and shave off parts of ourselves to look pretty, to be more worthy and more accepting of others, more accepted by others. And each, you know, scrape that we lose, each thing that we, we get rid of, maybe you really like dressing in, in bright colors. That makes you feel good. And then you start dressing all in black because everybody around you dresses all in black and that makes you feel miserable. Well, you are not in alignment with who you truly are. And thus, you feel miserable. It doesn't mean that we get to step all over other people's needs, wants, etc. It doesn't mean that we get to be rude or nasty or look down our noses at people. It doesn't mean that we get to judge everybody harshly. What it means is that we better ourselves into the best us that we can be. Do you need to know your childhood in order to do this? No, you do not. Another way to tell when things are off or when you're not living from your core is when things don't feel right. When you get up every morning and you just dread going to work because it's just such a toxic environment. You may not label it that. You might say it's boring or you might say you don't like a particular person or whatever, but you obviously are not following your path or your goals if your life is surrounded by misery. 
And this doesn't mean like natural disasters or, you know, losing people or things like that, that happen no matter what. This is about what you're feeling about what's going on around you. So if other people can look at you and say, oh my God, you have so much, you're so lucky. And you're looking at you and you're saying, oh God, I can't believe I got to do this again. I hate my house. I don't like this. I don't like that then there's something wrong. The first thing we need to do is investigate why. Why don't you like your house? Well, it's not in the best neighborhood. Okay. What are you looking for in a neighborhood? Well, I don't know. Okay, let's go back to it. What about your house do you like? Why did you buy it? Same for marriage. Why did you get married? What were the things that really made you feel like this person was the person you should be with forever? And believe me, sometimes people's reaction to that is that, well, I just thought it was time to get married. So they were who I was dating at the time, or we were dating for two years. So I figured it was time to get married. And there really was no thought put into it. And they're miserable. These major life commitments we need to be in alignment with in order to do them and do them effectively and really enjoy them as time goes on. So when you talk about different things and you think about different things, when it makes you feel uncomfortable, especially in the solar plexus, if it makes you feel uncomfortable or makes you feel like somebody's like strangling you or your throat gets, gets tight, these are symptoms of not being in alignment and not being tapped into your greater self. Does it happen to everyone that you get off the path? Of course it does. There's not a person living on earth today, except maybe the Dalai Lama. I won't say everybody. I'll give the Dalai Lama a pass who from birth will recognize and hold on to their life's path. A lot of us, there's ups and downs. There's times we're right on top of it and other times when we're far away from it and when we need to bring ourselves back. It's about being aware of how we're feeling and what's going on around us. We are our own rudder. And being such, we need to pay attention. Because even when we're on the top of our game and things are going well and we can do this and, you know, we've got all of our ducks in a row and everything's going well, there always can be a bump in the road. Or worse yet, you need an alignment. So you start drifting off to the side and then you've got to correct yourself. But if you don't realize that you're drifting off to the side, you're going to fall in a ditch. And then you're really going to fall out. And then you have things like anxiety and depression hitting you. Fear. We fear time and the lack thereof. When we feel like we're running out of time and we haven't done what we're supposed to do. We fear time when all we see is the future and all we see are bad things there. We feel like we have nothing to do with it, that there's nothing we can do about it. And maybe in the grand scheme of things, there are a lot of things that you can't do anything about, 
However, in your own life, your own little piece of the world, there's a lot of things that you could do stuff about. The first place we need to start is our inner world. So when, our seek, when we're seeking ourselves, there are times when we can look outside to people around us, really close friends, people that we really, really trust, who can help us gauge where we are, especially if they know, they've known us for a really long time, or if we're able to share with them like our deepest fears and wants and desires. Sometimes the people outside of you will let you know that you're getting on the right track and doing something different when they start fighting you on it. Because people get scared when the people around them start to grow. And if it's someone that they're used to relying on to do everything for them, then they're not going to want you to grow out of that because then they lose something by that. Having that understanding will allow you to then like really meter, like why is this person so against me getting my driver's license? Well, because you go with them everywhere and you're at their whim because you need them to take you to, to go to the grocery store. So when they wanna go someplace, you feel bad and you go with them no matter what. But if you have your driver's license and you're driving, you won't have to do that anymore. Does that mean you won't hang out anymore? Not necessarily, but that could be a fear. So looking at these things allows you to really hone in on where your friends are and where you are in relationship to them. And know that as you go through the process of finding your true self and becoming more of your core and getting rid of all the false parts of yourself, that you will lose a lot of people you will lose a lot of friends. That does sound like unhealthy dependency. So you will lose a lot of friends during the course of your growth. The ones who really love you, who are really your friends, who are supposed to stay in your orbit will come back. It just will take them time to adjust and then they'll come back. Some people will never come back because maybe they weren't healthy for you. And it was an unhealthy dependency. So it's not something that you want to um, continue. All right. So the way we get lost, as I said, is as we grow, we get pushed back and forth by society, by the people around us to conform to something that is useful to them. It's difficult to remain intact even after you've gotten there because life, things happen all the time and you just have to check on your radar and see where you're at. It's easy to fall into things that are easy, that are going more with the flow and just following everybody else. It's very difficult to pull away from that. 9-11 in the United States, when the Twin Towers fell, there was a certain person who had gotten down from one of the top of the towers. I don't remember which tower he was in or what the gentleman's name was or not, but I remember, um, and I don't know if it was just one person that they talked to or a couple, but I remember this one guy that it was on this documentary and he said, 
after the first plane hit, they were told to sit there and stay where they were and that, you know, they would be evacuated or whatever, uh, not to worry. And he was just like, mm, no, this is not good. Something's happening. We all need to get out of the building. And his boss was like, no, we've been told by the higher ups, we're just supposed to sit here. So just sit here until we get called. And the guy was like, no, I, I, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to leave. I suggest you leave too. And he left and he tried to convince his friends to come with him and nobody went with him. He went by himself and he said, going down the steps, it was so hard. The first couple of flights of steps, he kept feeling that pull, like he felt guilty, like he should go back and he should listen and he should do like everybody else was doing. And then he got down more steps and the further away he got from everybody, the easier it was to go. That phenomenon is real. There's an energetic pull to stay with the herd. There's safety in numbers. That's one of the reasons why we do this, why it's been that way for millennia. But that's not always the best way to go. Having your own sense of self and having your own consciousness direct you or higher consciousness direct you is important. That man survived. All those people that were up in his office all died because they wouldn't move. They were waiting for somebody else to do it. It's also in psychology known that if you are <clears throat> in a big group of people and someone gets mugged or something, they get attacked, they are less likely to be helped the more people there are. So if there's a handful of people around you, somebody will probably step up and help you. If it's mobbed, everybody's going to look at everybody else and wait for somebody else to do it. It's just human nature. You do have people who that's not their nature. I'm one of those people. But I also, besides having that within me intrinsically, is that my father always taught me, if you saw something wrong happening and you did nothing to stop it, you are just as guilty as the person committing whatever the crime is. So being pushed in that direction also is helpful in creating a, a child or, or helping others to find that within themselves that it's okay to step up. It's okay to step out. It's all right not to be, you know, the same as everyone else. Anytime you see all the things, um, all the teen movies and stuff where you see all this peer pressure, you see the same thing. Like there's all this peer pressure, conform, conform, conform. But you always have outliers who are like, no. And you have natural leaders. The natural leader in a group is the one that when something major occurs, everybody's going to turn to them. I remember being in a movie theater I actually was not even working for the theater chain anymore. And when <clears throat> there was a fire in the theater, everybody turned around, and looked at me. I was dressed like in a mini skirt, like I was going on a date. I was not dressed like a manager. And yet even the firemen, when they came in, they asked me where to go and what to do. 
there's something about your energetic which rises up in those kind of situations where you are seen as the person who's in control, the person who, who does things. Not everyone has that. Not everyone is supposed to. If everybody was leaders, nothing would get done. You need people who are going to, you know, temper both. I can work with a team as well as working on my own or leading a team. And that's what you need. You need people who are going to work together. You need cooperation. You need collaboration. Totally getting off track of our uh, <clears throat> of looking to the self, but that's part of it is being willing to break away and break out of the mold that you've put yourself in and that maybe society has put you in for all these years. And look at yourself through new eyes and see what are you meant to be. So if you want a couple of things to do, a little bit of homework that you might want to try, you may want to write down anything you can remember from when you were younger about interests. What were you interested in? And then think about it. And does that still interest you at all? Like I was way into horses when I was a little kid, way, way into horses. I still absolutely adore horses and I love to be around them. I don't have the opportunity very often, but I still love them. So that would be one thing that I put down. Now, is there some way that I can have more interaction with them? Probably. And that's something that I should seek out if I want to bring that part of myself out more. Were you creative? What did you like? What was your favorite color? What's your favorite color now? Is that really your favorite color? Are you the type who has like favorite things, favorite clothes that you keep forever, that you will wear forever, regardless of what the fashion is? Or do you change your wardrobe every year because you feel like that's what you need to do to keep up with everybody else? How much of a follower are you? And be honest. We're all followers to a certain extent. We may choose to follow different people or follow differently. But as herd animals, we're all followers to a certain extent. And that's okay. The thing is to know when to break away, when to break free. When do you need to go in a different direction? Something that I think is interesting is that with the, the reason why people are called sheep when they just blindly follow, they don't ask any questions. They're just like, I am a Republican. I am a Democrat. I'm going to just do whatever they say. You know, those kind of people. None of us know people like that, I know. But people like that, the reason why they're called sheep is because sheep will follow the lead sheep, whatever they're doing. So, and, and they don't like to break away. It's kind of like the way ants work too. So I was watching something that was very funny and it was this guy in this little car and the sheep for some reason started like racing around his car and they circled the car and just kept going around and around and around for hours. And he ended up having like the guy had to come with the sheep dog to break them up to make them move because they were just so intent on following the sheep in front of them and following the lead sheep that they just kept going around in a circle. And because they were going around a car, it wasn't like they recognized that they were just going around a circle because they were just 
hyper-focused and intent. That's why you're called sheep if you don't ask any questions and you just follow. Ants do the same thing. If you ever watch a, a line of ants and you put a leaf in the middle of them, they're like, oh no, what is happening? Where do I go now? I'm lost. And then eventually they'll figure it out, but they get very upset if you break the line because they don't have somebody else's butt to follow. You know, We need to make sure that we're not doing that. We need to make sure that we are on a path where we are following our heart, our core, our soul, and our guidance. So writing down things that you're interested in as a kid, writing down things that you remember feeling, you know, thoughts maybe, um, and looking at your life now as an adult, what really frustrates you? What really makes you angry? What offends you? These things will give you clues as to what needs to be shifted or removed. Are you offended just because everybody else is offended or somebody told you to be offended? Are you really at your core offended by something? I know for myself, I'm very offended by rom-coms. I hate romantic comedies, the majority of them anyway. I don't like them because they are always based on a lie. Not just a misunderstanding, but a lie. And I can't stand that. I don't think that's funny. I don't think that's a good way to live. And it just annoys me to no end. So what is it like, what is it that really gets your goat like that? And why? Why does it get your goat? In the beginning, when I started reacting to them, I wasn't sure exactly what I was reacting to that made me so uncomfortable but it's the dishonesty once I started really looking at the ones that I was kind of okay with and the other ones that I wasn't. Then once you figure out what that thing is, then you have something to shoot for. So the thing that I dislike that makes me uncomfortable is a lack of integrity. I discovered as I've gotten older and worked in different places that I cannot work places that lack in integrity. I will walk out. I will leave. I cannot exist in a space where that is the accepted MO, that they're just not going to have any integrity. I actually sold cars for a very short period of time until I sold a car and it was sent out and they knew it had a big scratch on its side. I did not. And when the guy called to say, oh, my God, we got home, we noticed this big scratch, and they actually were discussing like how to get the guy to pay for them to fix it when they were the ones who put the scratch on the car. That was it. I gave my notice. I mean, I made them fix it for him before I left, but I was like, I can't work someplace where that's even a discussion. How could you even think that? Why did you let it go out knowing that it wasn't perfect? And this person just paid $20,000 in cash for this vehicle. That is ridiculous. So figure out what it is that you cannot live with and what you don't want to live without. And doing this type of work will help you discern your true self, like what is really at your core. And the best way to find it is to really examine your emotions. What gets you going? What are you afraid of? 
What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of being lost? Are you afraid of running out of gas? Are you afraid of your car, um, you know, just dying? And then you, why? Why are you afraid of that? It's happened to you before. Are you stranded somewhere? Are you afraid you're going to get hurt? Are you afraid that you don't have the money to fix it? Are you afraid that you're not going to have transportation? Like, why? Then go into the whys. And as you get deeper and deeper into the whys, you will find at the bottom of that will be the core issue. And the core issue could be something simple like, if your car dies, you feel like it abandoned you. And you don't want to be abandoned again. You have abandonment issues. So how do we fix that? How do we take that place inside of you where you feel that you were not just left out in the cold, but absolutely rejected? And then you're putting that out on everything else around you. How are we going to look at that and fix it? Well, abandonment, what's the opposite of abandonment? Part of abandonment is that you abandoned yourself as an adult, that you're not giving yourself what you need, that you're not allowing yourself to do what you need to do or what you love to do. Or you're not, you're withholding, you withhold love, you withhold time. When you're afraid of abandonment, the first person you have to be there for is you. The second thing you need to find is someone or something that can be there for you consistently. And then you work out from there. Now, all of us have different hangups and they're all from different situations and they can all be dealt with differently. But the object is to dig down and really find your core. What is your core? Your core values, your core self. And once you find your core values, then you can see, all right, this is who I'm meant to be, or this is what I'm supposed to bring to the world or bring out into the world. So after this, on a separate recording, we will be taking a journey into our higher selves to ask ourselves a question. We may ask, what is it that I need to know at this time? What will help me become more me? Or what will help me live my fullest life right now? That will be in a separate recording. If you have questions or comments, please put them below if you're on YouTube. And again, thank you for joining us at Mystery Mystics and Metaphysics. I am Empowerment Coach Gerilyn St. Joseph, and you can find me on my website, relationshipcoachgsj.com. And I have plenty of resources there for free and a few that are for fee. Have a great night. Blessings.